You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 151. Today, we're talking all about how to raise your vibration. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Mind Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, James Wedmore. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode in a moment. We are going to talk all about vibration, vibration. You can feel the vibrations here, how to raise it, how to maintain it. Very excited to dive into this. Oh yeah, we're going off the woo-woo deep end here today, but it's going to be a good one. I think you're going to like it. But first, I want to give a huge, massive shout out to our amazing listeners. Hey, that's you. For all the amazing reviews that you have been submitting over on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Catherine Laboda gave this podcast five stars and said life changing podcast. Molly TS said clear plus tangible takeaways. I've listened to a lot of different episodes and what I love the most about the Mind Your Business podcast is that James always gives me clear takeaways that I can immediately start implementing. So thankful for all of you guys and the reviews. Every single one of those reviews, I read them. It makes me smile. It makes me so happy. And it really helps with our rankings. So if you haven't already, make sure to either go to the podcast app or head on over to iTunes. You can leave a quick review there and make sure to subscribe because I've got a bunch of bonus episodes coming your way shortly. So how you doing? Okay. So here's the dealio. A few weeks ago, I posted, I think I talked about it on the podcast, but I posted on Instagram asking you what questions you have if you were to sit down and chat with me, what you'd want to learn more about and what you'd like to have me talk about on the show. And I got so many questions. One of them was from Michelle Murray. Michelle, what's up? And she says, James, do you know anything about how to raise your vibration and keep it up during the day? So Michelle, you're awesome. Thank you for the question. And we're going to go ahead and talk about that today, how to raise your vibration. However, we actually have to put a giant asterisk as we get into this because it's actually not about raising your vibration. It's about raising your frequency. And we're going to talk all about how to raise your frequency and how to maintain it throughout the day. So why is this important? Maybe you've heard this before, you know, like whether you use the word vibration or frequency, why is this important? Why does this matter? Okay. Well, this is a, an energetic conversation. So for those of you who are familiar with the law of attraction, I've talked about it a lot on the episodes previous. This is all about coming from a place that we are energy. And now it's, you know, it's scientifically proven, right? But what this means from a law of attraction standpoint is that we attract and manifest that which we are in vibrational resonance with, that which we are at the same frequency with. And when you can 
raise your frequency, you can attract and manifest events, people, places, things, opportunities much easier and also much faster. And if you were to ask me, this is probably the most important conversation that we can have out of 150 plus episodes here on this podcast. Why? Because this is our only job. This is our only job is to raise and maintain our frequency despite what's going on around us. So we're going to get all into this and you know, we can talk about the quantum physics nerd out kind of geeky scientific stuff of energy, but like, you know, if you look at an atom, it's 99.999% empty space. And so one analogy that I heard a long time ago was that if you were to imagine like a little church, a little um, chapel, if you will, and you were to put a dime in that chapel, the dime is to the chapel is an equivalent ratio to the nucleus of an atom to the rest of the atom. Which means, like, just think of a dime in the middle of a church for a second, you know, a little chapel. Think of all the empty space. And that's what we're made of atoms. And that's what atoms are made of, which is pretty much empty nothingness. And when I was in New York, I go there a lot, but when I was there last year, I got swindled into buying one of those stupid little spinner toys, which they're not stupid. They're actually kind of cool. And if you can imagine what one of those looks like, it looks like a three, you know, sighted boomerang tripody propeller thing. That was an awful description. It's like a three, three pronged propeller. And, you know, the three pieces stick out and then you spin it. And here's the thing. There's empty space between the three props or, you know, whatever those things are, the legs, (laughs) let's just call them legs of the spinner. But when you spin it, it goes really, really fast. And as soon as you spin it, you can't touch it. It all feels solid. I know this is like bizarre analogy that I'm using, but when it's spinning and moving really, really fast, it's almost like those empty spaces between these legs are completely filled in. And it's a perfect example of how you can start to conceptualize what it means to have something. Cause you're like, what do you mean something's 99% empty? You're like, this desk is definitely not empty space. I'm can pound my hand against it. and It'll hurt my hand. I feel it. And the only way that my brain has been able to rationalize it is that when you start to understand that when something is moving so fast, it appears as if it isn't empty anymore because it moves so fast. It occupies all the space. That's the best way I can describe it. But once you realize that it's moving, we realize that it is vibrating at a specific frequency. And when we apply the universal law, the law of attraction, we understand that when things of equal, you know, vibration or attraction, you know, like attracts like, okay? So hopefully I'm starting to do a good job to explain the foundation behind this for those who are just like, well, why would I listen to an episode on why I should raise my vibration or frequency? So the perfect analogy that I've always enjoyed, that's always resonated with me, is the radio tuner analogy. If you turned on the old radio, you know, for those of you still listen to a radio, you know, you tune the dial to what, like 95.5, and it starts playing the music on 95.5. But if you tuned it to another dial, that music would stop and the other music would play. So that makes sense, right? Well, Just because one stops and the other starts doesn't mean that all the channels don't exist all at the same time. That the 
wavelengths or the radio waves of all the channels are flowing to the radio tuner at all times. And it's the job of the tuner to tune to the frequency that matches the music. Does that make sense? The music that you want, right? Do you want to tune to the frequency of country or to the frequency of rap, right? Different frequencies. And so that is kind of the best foundational you know, analogy I can give. And that we are that radio tuner. Okay, that's us as human beings. And how we know where we are tuned in any moment, you know, like when you look at the radio, you have a little, remember that little orange little thing and if you turn the dial, it'll go all the way across and wherever it's lined up, the indicator is like 95.5. Well, that little orange indicator hand is our emotions. How do you feel right now? Like as you're listening, maybe you're drifting off and going on Facebook, <clears throat> or maybe you're driving. How do you feel right now? Your emotions, moment by moment, are an indicator of the frequency that you're currently at. And so we can start to describe our frequency not in numbers, like 88 and 95.5 and 106.8, but in what we would use as words to describe emotional states. And there are, you know, people have, Abraham has talked about this, other people talk about like an emotional scale where you have down at the bottom, at the lowest frequency, a feeling or an emotion of something like depression and then anger. And then up at the other end of that, the highest end, is what people would describe, a lot of people would just say is actually an indescribable feeling that you can't put words to, but we will use the word joy or bliss, right? And so these feelings that we feel, what if they were just indicators of where we were vibrating, what frequency we were tuned into? And I've used this analogy in the past and I really like this. Negative emotions don't feel good, right? They don't feel good. And I always use this analogy that if I put my hand over the stove, it would hurt. I would feel the heat from the flame on my hand. And I would say, that is hot and I would pull my hand away. But when it comes to everything else in our lives, that's not exactly what we do. (laughs) You wouldn't put your hand over the flame and say, I am fire, I am hot, and then keep it there. But that's kind of like what we do with everything else in our lives. Someone cuts us off in traffic and we feel a negative emotion and we say, I am angry, I am anger you wouldn't put your hand over a stove and say, I am heat, (laughs) right? And then we justify our identity of anger as I am angry and we hold on to it. And I look at all of these negative emotions as something we hold on to like little rocks. Some are bigger Some are like boulders and some are just small little pebbles. And what we tend to do is 
have these negative emotions and then we hold on to them or we put them in our backpack for safekeeping and we keep trucking along. And how easy would it be to climb up a mountain like Mount Everest with a backpack full of heavy rocks and boulders? And so this is the first thing why releasing and letting go of negative emotion, because it's a lower frequency anyway, is gonna be beneficial. But it's our job to be tuned to the highest frequency possible as much as we can. And again, I believe step one is about caring how you feel all day long. Not for the five minutes in the morning when you decide to do a little morning routine, but all day long. So we're gonna talk about how to raise our frequency, and we're gonna talk about what we can do when our frequency is lower than we would like it. But at this point, you should know it is your number one job, your number one focus to keep and maintain the highest flying frequency that you can. And I'm gonna give you some examples of things that you can do in order to keep it high. But there's other ways that we can look at this. You know, I think another way too is that raising your frequency is about raising your level of consciousness. It's about going from a lower place of awareness or consciousness to a higher place. And I believe that the higher we go, the more we can even allow our intuition to flow. So we're really restricting that intuition, that inner knowing or feeling from coming through when we have a lower frequency. And so if you've listened to Abraham Hicks, you know I've always touted them and I've listened to them for years and gone to a few of their workshops, read a ton of their books and just really loved it. And they give an analogy that I really enjoyed, which is this cork in the water example, this cork in the water metaphor, which what is the natural tendency of the cork? It's to float. It bobs up on the surface of the water. And so we're the same way. This is hard to get for some people, depending on where you're at currently, but it is our natural tendency, our default setting to be like the cork bobbing at the top of the water. And so it's actually not about raising, like making an effort to raise your frequency, like there's something wrong with you that you have to fix in order to raise it. It's the opposite. It's about understanding that we ourselves are holding ourselves down. We are the ones that are keeping the cork under the water. And just like if you were to imagine yourself holding a cork down under the water, the way you let go of the cork, or the way you get the cork to get to the surface is you just let go. And I can't tell you how key that is in this process, is to begin to let go of the emotions that are not serving you. And I think we'll get into that a little bit more. So we want our frequency higher, and our emotions are the indicator of where our frequency is at. And where do our emotions come from? Well, it's our thinking or our thoughts that are really preceding our emotions. And then, of course, it becomes this cycle of your emotions then 
perpetuate more thought. And that's where people have this vicious downward cycle where all of a sudden you have someone who says a negative comment about you on Facebook and you start to feel a certain way. Maybe you feel angry or hurt or you feel like embarrassed or vulnerable. You have this non-feeling good emotion. Well, the first thing we want to recognize is it's actually not that comment that's causing the emotion. Because if that were the case, we're very powerless. And if you could all get that we have full control and free will when we choose, <laughs> if, if we choose to like take it off autopilot of how we feel moment by moment, so that it's what it is actually what's causing us to feel this negative emotion about the comment is the thoughts that preceded that. It's our interpretation of what that comment says about us that is causing the emotion. And we tend to not recognize that. We tend to collapse both the thought about the comment and then how we feel. And then we just say, that person made me angry. That comment made me upset. And it didn't make you do anything. So we might be saying something to the effect of like, you know, we see the comment and then we say something like, if this one person says this about me, that's what everyone must think about me and therefore my business will never take off. Well, if you said that and you believe that it's true, yeah, that's gonna feel pretty crappy, right? And then you'd feel pretty crappy and then law of attraction would come into play and you just start attracting more crappy thoughts and it's a vicious downward cycle. And so really, the first half of this is about having a better discipline of where we place our attention and our thoughts. This is about choosing new thoughts that feel good. So if I put my hand over the stove and it hurts, I already know, just like you would, subconsciously, you gotta take my hand away from the stove. And so if something happens in your business or your life and it feels hurtful, it's also about moving your hand away from that flame, or in this example, moving your attention or your thoughts away from what you're currently looking at, which is usually a negative thinking thought. It's about shifting your awareness or your attention to something that starts to feel good. How can you begin to be more intentional at focusing on what feels good. And the best place that you can start, and this is always my favorite go-to for me and my life, and the biggest thing I can share with you is gratitude. Gratitude is like the frequency, the ultimate neutralizer, because I think you can get to gratitude really quickly from wherever you are. You know, Abraham will talk how it's like really hard to go from you know, depression to joy, it's too big of a gap. But I think we can, no matter where we're at, we can start to find something we're grateful for. If you compare yourself to others a lot and you look, oh, someone's already doing this or look how much further ahead they are getting. It's not that person's success that's making you feel bad. It's what you're saying about that person that means, oh, because they have it, I can't. Or because they're this far ahead in this short a time, that must say something about how much I suck. Well, 
what if we could start to find appreciation or gratitude in their success? I'm happy and grateful. It's great that I know this person or that I've seen this person be successful because the more evidence of other people that are achieving this success, the more I know it's possible for me. That immediately starts to feel good. So if our conversation here today is how to raise our frequency, it's really about stop sticking your hand over the flame. It's about focusing on things that will allow us to feel good and training your mind. I mean, step one, care how you feel. And when you feel bad, go in and ask the questions, why do I feel bad? Why do I feel this way? And chances are, it's because you're focusing your attention, your thinking, or your awareness on something that hurts, just like how a flame would really hurt your hand. And shift your attention. Move to somewhere that feels good. And something I learned a long time ago when I was working with my spiritual mentor years ago was to have a list of go-to things that I can do that are easy to do that will perpetuate my happiness. Not make me happy, but make it easier to be happy and to increase my frequency, to raise my frequency. And so I want to share a few of those right now and just a few things that you can start to do and understand that this is the work for those that are on this journey and path with me. You guys know it's not when the going gets tough. It's not about how can I jam the square peg into the round hole even harder and use more effort, right? When it gets tough, let me just struggle more. Let me just prove to the world how painful this is because obviously that doesn't feel good and understand that there's got to be an easier way. And when we start to stop, take a step back, we can start to raise our frequency and this is where we can let more intuition come in, more insight, new perspectives, new opportunities, more clarity, more ideas. And that's the work. That's what we talk about when we're talking about getting aligned. So what can you start to do? Well, there's a lot of things you can do. If it's if it feels good, do it, right? And I'm not talking about the like short-term feel good, feel like crap later. Like, well, if I drink a lot, that feels good until I wake up the next morning, right? But let's look at things. First of all, have you noticed that when you're around amazing people, it feels good? Maybe it's like your closest friends. You know, it's different for everybody. I'm not saying some people are like, man, I hate hanging around my friends. They're such downers. But notice hanging around amazing people that you aspire to be like, that inspire you, how that feels good. If you've ever been to a great conference, notice how you're just spinning with ideas. That's because your frequency is being raised because you're being around other people with higher frequencies and they're lifting you up and everyone's lifting each other up. So, I mean, look, I went to how many, it was like 15 conferences in one year and I saw such a difference. I still see such a difference when I go to events and those people who are like tucked away in a basement, 365 days a year, trying to build a business alone in the dark and you wonder why it's so hard Go be around amazing people, even if you're like a big introvert like me, because I know, even if it's draining, even if you don't like people, a little time with amazing people, like-minded people, other you know, inspiring entrepreneurs, try it, prove me wrong. 
in 20 minutes, your head will be buzzing with ideas. You'll have this new insight and that's what we're talking about. So be around people that are amazing. Okay, here's another one. This is easy. Music. Music is frequency. And you can listen to music very easily at any time. And so I like to actually start my morning. I, I'm very intentional when I go to work. I choose a great, like, cla- I love classic rock. So I just love to, like, rock out to a classic rock song in the morning. You know, we use music when we go to the gym, right? Because it inspires us. So music naturally raises our frequency. Here's another tip for you. You can do a search on YouTube for it. It's very fascinating. I've been doing this for years now. The 528 hertz. You could just do a search 528 HZ and you will find a ton of YouTube videos that you can listen to for hours. I do this for hours at a time during the day. I'll just have it playing in the background. It is a frequency that is considered to be central to the musical mathematical matrix of creation. It is basically the frequency of love and that's what we're made of. And that's ultimately I think our goal is to just is just be unconditional love all day long. I mean, it's easier said than done, <laughs> especially when someone cuts you off in traffic or your food takes too long, right? But it resonates at the heart of everything, and it's been known to, you know, repair our DNA. So it feels really good when you listen to it. Give it a shot. Okay, nature. This is a big one. There's a reason why I go surfing just about every day because it does two things. It puts me in nature. It puts me in the salt water, which can also be very healing and cleansing, but it also gets me to move. And that's the next one, which is the exercise. You know, it, obviously it releases endorphins, but that movement, you know, we're human beings, we're meant to move. And it's so common for us to just be sitting behind a computer all day. And yeah, you know, you ever heard of like a runner's high, right? You go run a, a race and feel amazing afterwards. And those are the endorphins being released. Okay. But what you want to do is look for anything, whether it's books, art, movies, anything that inspires you. Anything that when you put your attention on it, feels really, really good. And the more we can practice appreciation and gratitude, the more we're going to get better at raising our frequency. And I believe that gratitude is the frequency of receiving Gratitude is this energy of, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm not wanting. There's nothing wrong that I don't have something. And neediness pushes away what we want. And so when you're good, there's this like, really is this feeling of, I'm happy no matter what. There's this absolute detachment. And that's what can attract more even easier. Okay. So these are like the positive things. These are the things that you can do to raise the frequency. But I really want to go back to the cork in the water example for a moment because it's really not about doing anything. If you look at a, you know, I always talk about my two-year-old nephew. He's just like the happiest little kid. He's just happy all day long. He didn't read a book. I asked him. He didn't read a book on how to raise his frequency. He didn't read a book on how to be happy. It's just who he is. It's, It's how he was born. And we're the same way how we were born we learned how to lower our frequency and we did it we learned this through 
I think the biggest thing is by holding on to stuff. We hold on to things of the past. This might be required for another episode, but I think, you know, here I feel really good. It's a beautiful day today. It's Friday. I got good news. My wife just got us a couch that's getting delivered today and we're going to go watch movies on it tonight. And she's like, I'm making you gluten-free pizza. I couldn't be happier. It's very easy for me to raise my frequency right now and, and just stay like as blissed out and as grateful and happy as I can. And if you're feeling like that is such a stretch for you and doing all these things is so hard, chances are it's because there's something you're holding on to. And I still hold on to things, but it's just a practice of letting it go. It's like if you were to hold this rock in your hand and then you take it with you wherever you go and then you get another one and another one and then you grab a bowling ball and you know now you've got a whole bag, right? And it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. When you're holding on to all of this, it becomes really hard to try and raise your frequency to feel good because you're holding on to all this negative stuff. And again, we might need to turn this into a completely different episode, but there's two things that I've learned to release this. As long as I think it first starts with a willingness, you know, there's learned helplessness where like someone doesn't want to. You have to have that desire. I think that's 90% of it. The first way to release this, I think, is through forgiveness. You can forgive, you know, whoever it was that you're maybe holding on this emotion about, and you can forgive yourself. Episode 126, I brought on Chris Vondermaden, good friend of mine. We talked about forgiveness, and we do an exercise that you can follow that takes 15 seconds of your life and you can forgive anyone in an instant. And it will release this emotion that you're holding on to. It'll release anger that you've held on to. And I'm not talking about just the big stuff. I'm talking about like the waitress that snubbed you or the person that cut you off in traffic or the mailman that lost your mail. These little things that add up. And how you can forgive them. I mean, they don't deserve my forgiveness. This is not about them. This is about you. And it's such a powerful, powerful exercise. And when you start to forgive, what you're really doing is letting go of those rocks. You're just putting them back down. And there's this amazing, I don't remember where I heard this. But I love this story. This is like, you know, these like, old little fables and stuff that are probably not real, but people like Zen masters use them to teach with and stuff like that. I, I don't know where this comes from. It can't be based on a true story, but it's just so beautiful. So some of you may have heard this before, but I have to share it because it's so just perfect here. It's the story of the two monks that are walking back to the monastery and they come across a river and they see a woman at the bank of the river and she's struggling to cross the river because she doesn't want to ruin her dress in the water. And so one of the monks offers to pick her up and carry her across to the other side of the river, at which he puts her down and she says, thank you, and they go back on their way. And they get miles and miles, keep walking, these two monks, and they're right at the footsteps, the doorsteps, back to the monastery. And the one monk turns to the other monk and they say, I, he says, I can't believe 
what you did back there. I can't believe you picked up that woman and you carried her across the river. He says, you know we're not allowed to talk to women, let alone touch them. And the monk who had carried the woman across the bank turns to him and he says, my brother, I dropped the woman back at the bank. Why are you still carrying her? And that's what we do. We carry so much stuff with us. It almost just becomes subconscious because that ego mind starts to justify and rationalize the rightness and the justification of it and the wrongness of that person. It really masks what it's doing to us. It masks how it's hurting us. It's almost like the ego is trying to find a way to justify why you can keep your hand over the flame. So letting go, forgiveness is not about the other person and whether they deserve your forgiveness or not. It's about not letting that negative poison energy in your vibration any longer. It's about putting it down. And one way that that always helped me was when I found myself upset for something and I was upset at somebody, you know, like the wait, let's just use like the waitress. No, let's use the cut off in traffic. I always used to hate traffic. And Chelsea would say I had road rage, but I don't drive that much, just in Laguna. So you're all angry for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Maybe you sit down now and you're at lunch with your spouse and you're still steaming about that person that almost ran you off the road. I mean, like almost killed you. Idiot. It's on their cell phone, blah, 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 blah. What always helped me release it was realizing that that person probably has no idea what they did. And here I am ruining my lunch, ruining my day, still stewing about this. And they're probably having a great day. And this isn't even a care or thought in the world. And whenever I go there in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Drop it, right? So forgiveness is about letting it go. It's about releasing it. And there's another way that you can try and practice. I won't go into the details of this one. I do recommend you go check out episode 126. You can do the forgiveness exercise. But another way, when you're feeling this negative emotion, see, I think one mistake people make is, and and I don't want to say this, is that when you feel anger or sadness or anxiety, I think it can be very easy when we have these type of conversations to like pretend to ignore those feelings. Oh, I I don't want to think that. I don't want to feel that. I don't, no, 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 no. And we, what we resist tends to persist, right? And so when we kind of push it away, we're trying to, you know, ignore it. You know, I don't see you. I don't see you. It's just going to get louder and louder. And so what you may try and do, one of the most effective ways that I've seen to release a negative emotion is to actually get extremely present to that emotion and feel it now to just go into the emotion and feel it and just stay present to it and just notice it and go deeper into the emotion. I think can be one of the most powerful things you do that actually feeling the emotion, the very act of doing that can release it. And when you release it, you let it go. And when you let it go, you realize there's nothing to do to raise your frequency because it will automatically raise on its own. So I hope this episode has helped. If anything, 
I hope that you feel just a little bit better than when you started listening. Because believe it or not, I don't know if I ever shared this, but that's actually my dominant intent when I started this podcast. You see, I learned years ago how important it is to manage how we feel and to feel as good as we can, as long as we can, as easily as we can throughout our day. And I was looking for more. I was looking for more nourishment of my soul. I was looking for more things I could listen to so I would just continue to feel good all day long. And I remember searching podcasts on iTunes about three years ago about manifesting and vibration. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. And I said, well, looks like I'm going to have to create my own. And that's what I've always intended for you guys, you know, to speak to those that I know, people that are near and dear to me, my entrepreneurs, where it is a roller coaster, where, you know, problems and obstacles and hurdles and bad days are inevitable, which means we're playing a bigger game. The stakes are higher for us, which means we can't operate the same way someone who's working at Starbucks would. No offense to anyone working at Starbucks, but we're playing a bigger game and you can't afford to get knocked down to your knees every time a comment comes in that you don't like or every time something doesn't go your way. Welcome to entrepreneurship where almost everything won't go your way. But who are you going to be despite all of that? Are you going to be reactive to every whim like a bag in the wind on a stormy day? Or are you going to be the redwood rooted deep in the ground? It could be flexible, but still strong. I created this podcast because this is what I know I needed. And I know it's what you need as well. So I hope you'll take this on and practice this and put this as your number one priority. Your number one priority in life is to feel good, is to feel happy, to feel joy. And I always love that Abraham brings up the whole selfish piece. As they you know, said, a lot of people would accuse him and say, that's being selfish. And I can get where someone would go there. But it's so not the case. And as they say, you know, you can't get sad enough to help depressed people. You can't get poor enough to help impoverished people. You can't get sick enough to help people that are ill. But when you're flying high and blissed out and feeling amazing, people can rise to your level. You can inspire others to be like you. You can help show people the brighter side, a better perspective, or a newer interpretation. And that's how we can impact the people around us. When you get selfish about how you feel, you can help more people. I think that's how I've been able to help as many people as we do. And I want the same for you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. What is the reoccurring revolution? 
Well, if you look closely, you'll notice that smart and successful entrepreneurs are all adding reoccurring monthly revenue to their business model so they can create consistency in their cash flow and certainty in their lives. And they're doing this with paid monthly digital membership programs. So let me ask you, did you get into this business so you could stay up late at night and worry about where next month's sales were gonna come from? Or did you wanna create something that would work even when you didn't? That's what a membership is all about. And my good friend, Mr. Stu McLaren, founder of Tribe, is hosting a free video workshop on how to start, launch, and grow your very own profitable membership. So you too can get in on the reoccurring revolution and finally move from a place of constantly selling to consistently serving. So to get started now, head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash tribe right now.